Welcome to Your Personal Power Pod, a podcast about aligning yourself with the life you want. And here are your hosts, Sandy Abel and Shannon Young. Shannon, it's a beautiful day outside. Have you been outside today? I have been doing yard work. It is my first yard work day of the season. Woohoo! Spring is here. Yes, isn't it wonderful? I just love it when the sun is out. It just makes me happy. And it's great. You can get out in the yard. And I was out in the yard. Yay! Summer's coming. (laughs) It's beautiful. So tell me, what are we talking about today? Today we are talking about imposter syndrome, which is a really interesting thing. The reason we're talking about it is because in the last week, I've had three different people tell me that they felt like they were experiencing imposter syndrome. And I went, oh my goodness, this must be a big thing for a lot of people. I thought we could share it with our listeners because they might be able to resonate with it too. These people who told you that, were they feeling that at work, in their relationships, in what capacity? Two of them were in jobs where they had been promoted, actually promoted quite a while ago, but still were feeling like they just hadn't gotten up to speed, even though their bosses were happy with them both of them actually. Mm -hmm. And the third person was in a new personal situation and was trying to figure out how to do that. Feeling like an imposter can really impact you and get in the way of you being able to function and enjoy your life. So define it for us. First of all, it's normal to feel insecure and like a fraud when you first begin something new, whether it's a sport, Mm -hmm. a new job, a new skill, like water skiing or skydiving, (laughs) something like that, uh, or taking on a new role in your life when you become a parent. Mm -hmm. It's normal to feel insecure about yourself and about your performance or how you're doing. But usually as time goes on, you learn and you grow into the role. And most people begin to feel more confident and sure of their ability to do the new thing. Imposter Mm -hmm. syndrome comes along when you have been doing something, like one of the people I was talking to have been in their new job role for a year and had been doing it well and their boss was happy with them, but they still felt like an imposter, like they were not really being the leader that they were assigned to be, even though their people that reported to them acted like they were, and their boss told them they were doing a great job, they still felt like an imposter. Mm. And that's when it becomes imposter syndrome, which is an internal mental filter or bias that tells you that you're never going to get it right. And it's the old self-talk should thing that gets in the way, regardless of what the facts are. Interesting. I remember my brother at one point when he had a high-powered, very visible position many moons ago, and he was relatively new to it, and they were starting some new construction, and he was talking about how many millions of dollars this new construction project was going to cost. Right. And I was blown away. Like, how does my little brother know how to do this? <laughs> and I asked him that. And he said, you know, it's funny when I was sitting in the board meeting, leading the board meeting, talking about this money that we were going to be spending. He said, <laughs> the little person inside me was just freaking out saying, right. they don't know that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> right. And he said, but the grown up part of me knew that I would learn that I had the ability to pick up the skills and speak the language and that I had the knowledge. I just hadn't put it into practice yet. But his little person inside of him was the one saying, you're a fraud. You don't know how to do this. You can't be here. (laughs) Exactly. And he did it fine. Yeah. 
And that's how it works. When you feel like an imposter, you fake it till you make it. But the internal voices, you may have come from a place where you were told all the time that you were stupid or dumb or didn't know what you were doing and you'd never get it right. Those old messages are still in there. Even once you have proven that you know how to do it, like your brother did, the internal voice will keep at you and then you have imposter syndrome. Are there certain people or certain professions that tend towards imposter syndrome more than others? Well, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. I think that if you are in a position where you have a lot of pressure on you or if you have a lot of people looking up to you or expecting great performances from you, that's probably more intimidating you probably feel more like an imposter for longer because you're continuously reminded that all these people are looking up to you. If your job is to mow the lawn, mowing the lawn is important, but I don't think that you're going to feel like an imposter if you don't mow the lawn exactly right. Mm -hmm. People who are perfectionists or who are driven to achieve, who have always had high expectations laid on them or lay them on themselves, are more likely to experience imposter syndrome. People who are able to be more gentle with themselves and who don't beat themselves up a lot or have monster expectations on themselves all the time are less likely. You can feel like an imposter for a little while. I felt like an imposter for a long time when we were starting the podcast because that was a whole new thing to me. And at this point, I've learned how to do it and I think I'm doing it okay. So I don't feel like an imposter. I don't feel like a professional like you are, but I feel comfortable enough doing it that imposter syndrome is not an issue for me. That's great. Yeah. Once you get started and you get comfortable with it, then it's not an issue unless you're just really, really tough on yourself. What about you? Have you experienced imposter syndrome? Oh, sure. I attempted in a previous life to be a financial advisor for a while. Ah, I think a lot of my feelings of being an imposter there had to do with knowledge. And really, that was one of those jobs where they teach you certain things, but for the most part, you kind of have to learn on the job. And mm -hmm. because of the dynamics of my workplace, learning on the job meant learning on the job alone, which was yes. really scary. Yes, you did not have a mentor or anybody to guide you. Right. And so there was a whole lot of, I'm sure people are looking at me saying, what is she doing here? Yeah, even though they weren't. I'm sure there was some of that, but eventually I realized I was going to have to tease that apart from how much of this is discomfort because I'm learning and I'm new and I don't know everything in order to feel comfortable in my skill. And how much of this is discomfort because I really don't belong here. This doesn't fit me. Mm -hmm. And once... I got to that point, getting out of it was easier, and I kind of was an imposter for a while. Mm -hmm. I think there's definitely some of those feelings that can crop up, you know, feeling like a fraud, questioning your worth in whatever role you're having trouble with, when maybe it's not where you're supposed to be. Being able to look at it is key. Absolutely. And you have to, just like you did, take a good look at it and say, does this fit who I am? Why am I doing mm -hmm. this? Once you realized that it didn't fit you, then you got out of it, which is brilliant. 
thank you. They were going to fire me eventually. So it was also the right thing to do. (laughs) I don't think they were. You had some very happy clients. Thank you. But yeah, all those things, those imposter syndrome symptoms of not feeling competent or confident regardless of the good things that I achieve, feeling anxious and inadequate, not being able to experience the joy of the little successes because you're just feeling like the inadequacy and your fraudulence is visible. Exactly. You feel like you're putting on an act and that you can't mm-hmm. keep up the facade much longer. Playing grown up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and when you do have successes, you don't take credit for them. You credit those to external factors. When people mm-hmm. praise you, you say, yeah, right, whatever. You're just being nice. You might feel that you don't belong because you're not good enough and you doubt your skills and accomplishments. When other people say, wow, you're really good at that, you say, yeah, I'm not. No, you doubt that. And you undervalue what you do. Mm -hmm. I found also that it can turn into Mm self-sabotage. That That's just kind of what you focus on expands. And if you're focusing on what you feel is a failure or your lack of fitting in-ness, that will get exacerbated if you're spending all your time focusing on it. And you're always afraid that you're not going to live up to anybody's expectations and you always feel like a failure. And that leads to stress and anxiety. And sometimes you try so hard, you just burn out. It really damages your physical and mental health well-being. Yeah, it's a horrible place to be. It's a terrible place to be. You do all this, you feel all this, even when people are appreciating what you're doing and you just got a raise. It's like, oh yeah, well, they're just being nice. Yeah, you keep feeling like you're going to be found out. Exactly. So where does this come from? I know people who kind of live in this space and they've done a lot of really cool things and show great promise and great skill in a lot of areas. And I have never once thought, hey, that person should not be doing what they're doing. They seem to rock everything. But even when they're doing really well, there's still a feeling of the other shoe could drop. Yeah. I know there's some PTSD from previous employment situations that plays into that. But there's never a, hey, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. People seem to appreciate it. I'm getting rewards for doing it. Maybe I do belong here. Yeah. If you grew up in a family where your parents or other family members put an overly strong emphasis on achievement and they were extra critical, and if you're you know, brought home an A and they say, why wasn't it an A plus, uh, no matter how well you did, it was never good enough, you mm-hmm. probably internalized a lot of that and do it to yourself. Yeah. It can come from your social group too, or just the apparent expectations of society. Right. If you come from a high achieving group, acceptance in that group is based on accomplishment, Mm -hmm. that's going to add a whole lot of stress. You're not going to feel like you belong. You're going to be afraid that you're going to be cast out from the group or that they'll laugh at you behind your back. And that just adds to the stress. It seems like there are certain personalities who tend towards feeling like an imposter as well. Maybe some super type A people who it may be because they're feeling like an imposter. So they're working extra hard to make it look like they're doing the right thing. And also so they can feel confident and competent. Exactly. They're overworking. Yes, definitely. Or people who always find the negative and no matter how well they do or how much they hear from other people, what a great job they're doing, they're the glass half full 
people. I once asked one of my clients, is your glass half full or half empty? And he said, it doesn't matter. It's going to spill anyway. And I thought, oh dear, this guy, he is going to have trouble finding the joy in his life. He and people who find the negative like that are very hard on themselves and they experience imposter syndrome a lot more often than the people who are positive and sunny. That's painful. How do we deal with it? There are several things you can do. There is a technique where you stop, breathe, notice, reflect, and respond. When you notice Mm -hmm. that you're feeling really, really stressed and really down on yourself, you stop and allow yourself to take in the moment. Just pause and take a deep breath. Let your negative thoughts go. Notice your feelings and your body. Is your body tense? Are your Mm -hmm. shoulders all up around your neck? Are you clenching your jaw? Pay attention to your body and notice your surroundings. Notice your peers and what's going on and just get yourself out of your head and pay attention. Notice the sunshine. Notice something that's good and then evaluate the situation and the reason you felt the need to fall back into the imposter syndrome and respond intentionally. There's a difference between reacting and responding. We've talked about that before. When you react, it's sort of an Mm -hmm. instantaneous, without any thought, And when you respond, it's intentional. You take a minute to think about it. You pay attention to all those things, your breath, your environment, calm yourself down, and then respond. And you'll help yourself deal with whatever's going on and not start in with the negative, I'm a failure talk. That's very similar to the recipe for getting yourself out of an anxiety attack too. Yes. Bring yourself back mm-hmm. to this minute. Notice your breathing. Look at the colors. Exactly. That kind of thing brings you back to the now. Get you out of your head. Yes. We fall into these panic attack, imposter syndrome, all kinds of negative experiences from our thoughts. And if we can pay attention to and shift the thought and being in the now, noticing the sun or the flowers or your breathing gets you out of your head, then you can calm down and look at the reality of the situation. Also, if you're telling yourself a lot of negative in your head, identify whose voice is it? Was that your father when you brought home the A and he said, why isn't it an A+. Who is it? And decide if it's really valid, because obviously that was not a valid comment. I like that. Yeah. You also need to look at the evidence to gain perspective. There's something you can do. You make a two-column list. On one side, you put evidence that I am inadequate. And on the other side, you put evidence that I am competent. And then write down the reality, not your perception of the things that show you are competent or you are not. And I'll bet you that your competent list is a whole lot longer. Even the fact that you are stepping up in a new position, you have the courage to be in a new position, that shows you're competent. And the fact that you're willing to deal with feeling like an imposter, there are so many things. I found it also really helpful to take a look at my values because sometimes where I'm feeling like I'm failing helps me figure out what matters to me. And I learned mm-hmm. a lot from a painful situation with some work stuff years back that just helped me realize how important it is to me to feel at the top of my game in my job. Mm-hmm. I don't like going to work when there are like questions. Are people feeling like I'm reliable? Even when it wasn't a competition at work, I always kind of like to be the best. Yeah. And that's not always possible. And I'm not now. I definitely have a coworker who (laughs) is much more skilled and 
smooth at her job performance, but I learned from that. And now that I know that that is a thing that matters to me, then I can identify, oh, that's why I'm feeling this way because I'm not feeling like I'm there yet. And it doesn't have to do with anybody else's expectation of me. Wonderful. And you know, you're not a failure and you're not an imposter. You are learning. You have to realize that in order to grow and stretch and become the person you want to be in your job and in your life, you have to do new things. In the beginning, you're not going to know how to do them. And you have to be gentle with yourself when you're doing that. We had this conversation with our kiddo back when she was doing sports that were new to her. She would get started and the second it got hard or that they had a loss in some of her games, she wanted to quit. And we would say, you got to stop thinking about it like that. Like this is all a learning process. You can't be thinking about how hard it is right now because in three weeks, it's not going to be hard anymore. You're going to know what you're doing. You just don't know how to respond yet. So stop thinking about it and just absorb and do. Right. And get out of your head. Perfect. And if you're scared of stuff, write it down and let it go. Because holding on to those things just makes them bigger. It's important to be kind to yourself and practice self-compassion. You don't beat yourself up for feeling like a fraud or for not getting everything perfect. You have to give yourself credit for the fact that you're even learning something new and how far you've come because you've really come farther than you think you have. And you also have to realize that if you do fail in some way, if something doesn't work out perfectly, you have to put it in perspective. That's part of learning and it's not the end of the world. Right. You're never going to accomplish anything without failing. Right. Exactly. It's part of the journey. Yeah. Isn't it Edison who gave us electricity and all that? I mean, he had like thousands of failures until he got it right. And I'm really glad he hung in there and got it right. And there are so many (laughs) great inventions that make our life wonderful that the inventor tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and would adjust it and change it. And they never got down on themselves and said, oh, I just can't do this. I'm just an idiot. They said, well, darn, that one didn't work. Now we know that. So let's do something else. Right. And they never said, I'm an imposter. I'm just faking that I know how to do this. And then use those tips that you mentioned. The stopping, breathing, noticing, reassessing, and responding. Take a deep breath. Makes a big difference. (laughs) Seek feedback from people in your network, people that you like and trust find out. You may think you're failing, but they will give you a different perspective. And it's really important to get that. I think we have to acknowledge you might be failing. Asking people and just saying, hey, I'm feeling like something's off here. Help me figure out what that is. And if these are people that you trust, they probably have a pretty good track record of being honest with you. And that will help put you on track. So being able to face it is key. Absolutely. Absolutely. So if you feel like an imposter, clarify it. Find out if it's true or if it's just you diving into the imposter syndrome. Yeah. Because when you stop for a minute, quiet the internal voice and the negative messages and look realistically at how you're doing, you'll be able to start overcoming all those negative imposter thoughts and claim your self-esteem and personal power. Exactly. And that's what it's all about. It's about making a conscious decision to think the things that benefit you and move you forward. Definitely. I hope all our listeners give themselves huge credit for starting anything new because that takes a lot of courage. And then you're not an imposter. You are a student and then you are getting better and then you have mastered it. But be gentle with yourself. I like that. And appreciate yourself for having the courage to do it.
We all struggle, and we're all pretty phenomenal in our own way. Indeed. Indeed we are. (laughs) It's pretty fun. So wrap us up. It's normal to feel insecure, inadequate, and like an imposter when you start something new. And this can happen when you get a new job, take on a new sport, join a new group, step into a new life role, or anything you've never done before. Usually after settling in and doing it for a while, you become more confident in whatever it is you're doing. But sometimes when you stay anxious and feeling insecure, long after you've learned how to function in the role, you might be experiencing imposter syndrome. This is when your low self-esteem and old negative messages tell you that you are a fake and will never get it right. When you choose to hold on to those thoughts, you will feel anxious, stressed, unhappy, and experience all kinds of negative physical things. There are many things you can do to deal with this, including the stop, breathe, notice, reassess, and respond technique. The most important thing is to stop and quiet the negative narrative and look at the reality of how you're doing, not what the little voice in your head tells you. Then tap into your positive self-esteem, claim your personal power, and appreciate yourself for taking on something new. And remember, you are a lovable, valuable, capable, competent person, and always be gentle with yourself. Always. Thank you, Sandy. Thank you, Shannon, and thank you to everybody. We want to hear from you, whether it's your stories about how self-esteem and personal power affect your life, or if you have topics you'd like us to address in future episodes, please let us know. And we would love for you to review our podcast, and you can do that wherever you stream, or you can visit yourpersonalpowerpod.com, click contact, and drop us an email. You can also get in touch with us on Instagram, where you'll find us at yourpersonalpowerpod. And if you want to learn how coaching can change your life, contact Sandy at Sandy at Inside Jobs Coach for your free coaching call. And And as always, thank you so much for listening. We look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, find your power and change your life.